everyone. Welcome to the Revolution Podcast. We're the high school ministry at the church at Rocky Peak, and we'd love for you to join us in person on Saturday nights at 530. For more info about the ministry and upcoming events, find us on Instagram at HSRevolution. We hope you enjoy this time of teaching from God's Word. Good evening, Revolution. Nice to be here with you. Uh, My name is Tim. I'm the high school pastor here. I'm so excited that you are here. Uh, I want to highlight one of the things that Dylan was talking about earlier, that we have winter camp signups that are live. They are open. Uh, This last summer camp, it sold out. We had like 15 people on the wait list at one point for summer camp. Uh, And so make sure uh, that if you want to go to winter camp, that you are signed up for winter camp. And there is no reason not to want to go. It is going to be an amazing time. Like the game we were playing today is just a taste of the kind of fun that we're going to have while we're up there. It's also a great way to set time aside to focus in on uh, on who Jesus is and what it is that he wants to do in your life. Uh, and so winter camp is always an amazing time. And I know that January feels like it's so far away. It's on the other side of Christmas break and everything, but those spots go quickly. So make sure uh, that if you want to be there, that you do get to be there. Uh, we lowered the price this year to try to make it more accessible to more people. And uh, one thing I just always, always am encouraging all of you is that don't don't let finances, don't let money be the reason that you're not able to come up to winter camp. If that's ever an issue, please uh, let us know. Come talk to us. Make sure that, that you're able to go. We want to make sure that you're there and that things like that don't stand in the way of that. That said, I'm going, to, uh, I'm going to pray us into our time in the Word, uh, and we're going to jump into a brand new series that we are starting tonight. Uh, Jesus, we thank you for your, your will and your purpose in our life, uh, that, that we aren't the ones who are ultimately in control of things that go on, God, but, but that we, we come under your leadership and under your guidance, and we know that, that you are the maker of the heavens and the earth, uh, and yet even though you are unimaginably massive and have so much that you're able to take in at one time, Jesus, that you see us tiny, insignificant people and that you chose to want to have a relationship with us. And so we ask today, God, that that relationship, uh, God, that that would be sparked, that that would grow, that that would uh, be rekindled, Lord, that we would uh, just come running into your presence, that you would meet us here in this time in your word, and that we would be changed because of it. In Jesus' name, amen. So I've been thinking about recently how old I am, which is unfortunate, just one of those things that happens occasionally. Uh, and and be- believe me, I'm old. And one of the, the things that I was thinking about that reminded me of that is, uh, I was thinking about when I was growing up versus when you guys were growing up. Did, when I was a kid, I realized you, we had this thing called live TV. What? Yeah, yeah, thank you, Joey, yeah. So you know how like when you're like when you're watching a TV show, right? If you're watching something and you you have to go out of the room. Like let's say you want to get a glass of of warm milk uh, or you wanted to you know you had to go let the cat out. Uh, whatever it is, or you had to like step away from the TV for what would you do? You would pause the TV, right? Like you would you would stop it and then you when I was growing up that was impossible. That was futuristic technology. That was something that I wouldn't have ever even dreamed of. When you wanted to watch TV, you had to watch TV. And then 
Every so often in your TV show, there would be this thing called a commercial break, which was a lot like when you're watching a YouTube video and there's like a 10, like 10 second ad that you can skip, except it was like two and a half minutes of commercials. And so inevitably what would happen is you're watching TV and you can't stop it and you have to go do something. And so you would run out of the room during commercials and you would come back. And so it had me thinking about the first show that I ever remember watching with my mom and my dad and my younger brother, younger sister, while I was still... I was like still in high school. I was still living at home. We were all watching this show. It was huge at the time, a show called 24, uh, which, was, which was 24 episodes long. Each episode was an hour episode. Took, it all took place in the same day for the whole season. And it was about uh, Jack Bauer, this, uh, this CIA agent or FBI agent or whatever he was in that season. And, and he had to stop some terrorist plot in 24 hours. And it was incredibly exciting TV for the time. Uh, and uh, our, my whole family, whatever was happening on the day that it would air, like if it was Thursday nights, we would clear the schedule. That was our night to watch 24. And so we're all in the living room and we're watching and the show is gripping. Things would change like every moment. And so there would be these commercial breaks that would happen. The timer would start going on the show. If you know, you know. And as soon as that happened, people would rush out of the room to get done, right, so what, mom's rushing to the kitchen, work on some dishes, dad is rushing to something, he's cleaning something up, I'm, you know, maybe if you, I've got homework that I'm still working on, I'm rushing and trying to get like a couple of seconds of uh, a math problem done before the commercial break ends. Inevitably, while we're watching the show, things that would happen, right, you'd like have someone, more, multiple times, drinks were spilled, popcorn would go flying because someone's trying to rush back and because the commercial break is ending and you don't want to miss anything for the show. And I was thinking about how those moments are kind of lost now, like, because now when you're watching TV, it's a much more calm affair because if you have to go make popcorn, it's like, boop, I'll be right back. And you go make popcorn. Even if you're watching like a live sporting event, like you can pause it and then you just fast forward to where you want to go to. But there was none of that then. And it was, it was a, it was, fun and it was exciting, but it also created this, this frantic energy uh, and it caused just even a little bit of, of anxiety in our family when you had to go get something done during those commercial breaks. And while that's a silly example, I think that even today, while, while we're living in an age where you can pause TV and you don't have that anxiety anymore, we've forgotten how to pause our lives. Like our, our lives are just constantly coming at us with no stop, no rest, no moments to take a breath. And it's like we've forgotten how to, how to stop and reassess what's going on. As nice as it is to be in the middle of a show, right? And you've got a movie and there's explosions. You're watching Avengers and things are falling down and like, and you just pause it and the chaos stops. You go get yourself a nice glass of water and you come back. And then the chaos resumes. We can do that with TV and entertainment. But how many of us never get a moment like that in our life? I think we're constantly going from thing to thing to thing, from sports to school to church to hanging out with friends to trying to get some family time in to maybe getting some homework done and maybe every once in a while kind of maybe sort of sleeping. Uh, but then in the middle of all of that, we never get a moment to just stop. Stop and think, stop and reflect, to stop and pause. And so we're starting this series that we're calling Pause to look at how God has designed us, that we're not designed to be people who are constantly going and going and going and going and going without any moments, any breath, any rest in there, that we are designed to be people who pause. And so the, the name of the series actually comes uh, from a Hebrew word. Hebrew is the language that the, the Old Testament half of the Bible was written in. And it's the word Selah. 
which is a, it's like a musical term that comes up, most often comes up in the Psalms, which were the, the ancient worship songs that the people of Israel would sing when they would gather together, that they would meditate on in their own alone time with God. And many times in the Psalms, there's this little Hebrew word that's there, just selah, that's a, a reminder to stop on whatever it is that you're reading in that moment. It's this, this point in the song. It's like if you, if you know music, like if you've taken orchestra or band or whatever, and there's like those rest marks in the music, right, where you just you stop playing for a moment, right? Those, like people who are really into music know that, that it has to have moments. You have moments of action and playing, and you have to have moments of silence in order to bring those moments of action into, into their sharpest points. Even in the Psalms, we have those moments where it, it stops and it reminds us that we need to rest. And so actually on your note sheet, there's a little fill in there that says, Selah. And it's got just a couple of definitions. To, to, to Selah means to pause or to stop or to rest. That's one of those things that doesn't even, in our translations of the Bible, many times it doesn't get translated. It's just there as Selah. And in some translations of the Bible, like even ones that I was looking at in my study time, they just don't, they don't even put it in there because it's, it's not about the meaning of the passage, but it's about the pace at which we go through it. And so even in our modern English translations, right, we pull that, that pacing marker out because pace is not something that we're used to moderating. We're used to flying through things as quickly as possible, but that's not what we're built for. The next fill-in on your sheet is this is that God has made us to be people who pause. God has designed us at the core level to need to stop. We see this in Genesis. In Genesis, God uh, is creating everything, and he does it in the form of these six days of creation, and each day is about a different area that he's creating and a different way that he's filling creation. And it gets to the end of this narrative, this story of creation of how God made everything. And on the last day, it says that God, God rested. God wasn't exhausted. It's not about God having totally exhausted his ability. It's about being at peace. That after these days of creation, that it was, it was done. It was finished that things were where they needed to be. And then God takes that model of what he did, and when he forms the nation of Israel, he puts into their, into their law, into the, the way that he's designed for them to be right with him, to know what it means to be his people. One of the Ten Commandments is once a week, you're not supposed to work, you're supposed to stop, to pause, and to take a day off, the Sabbath day. It's something that Jesus would then refer to later and say that the Sabbath doesn't exist because it's, it's not something that requires man. It's not that God was like, hey, on this seventh day, I really need everybody to stop in order for this day to be what it's supposed to be. That Jesus says, no, no, it Man wasn't made for the Sabbath to fulfill a requirement of a day of rest. That the Sabbath was made for us because we needed it. 
we needed a day to stop. And you see that all the cultures around them at that time, everyone, it was just day in, day out, work, work, work. No days off, no holidays, just constant work. And so God builds in to his law this idea that, that we need to stop and we need to rest. We also see it just in the way that God has built us biologically. We spend roughly a third of our life asleep. The human body is designed that to go more than 24 hours without sleep is painful. How many of you guys have ever pulled like a, a true all-nighter? Like a real, actual, like you stayed up all night. It was either for fun or for the pain of having to get some, like whatever the school thing was done. Like sometimes I remember like doing a couple all-nighters for school and in the moment, and maybe it's just the way that I'm built, in the moment, like I am pumped. It's 3 a.m. I'm like getting my outline finally together. and I'm like, okay, by the end of the next couple hours, I'll have written 25 more pages and my, my paper can be turned in. And in the moment, things are so, so crazy. It's almost exciting. But then what happens at like 8 a.m., the moment you turn in your thing and then you have to sit through class? What do you desperately want to do? Sleep, right? It's, you can't go more than like 24 hours without that pain sinking in. Once a, once a year, we do an all-nighter event. Uh, and at the end of that event, uh, I mean, I see students constantly like conking out during the middle of the event. I tell you, it's so, it gets more and more painful the older I get every year. I've done so many years of these all-nighter things. I've probably lost actual years of my life to these events uh, because y- you go a certain length of time and your body needs to sleep. God has designed us that we have to stop. God has designed us that we need to be able, we have to spend a third of our life unconscious and trusting that someone else is going to take care of us, trusting that we're safe as we sleep, trusting that we'll breathe when we need to breathe, trusting that we'll wake up when we need to wake up. Even if it's not something we do consciously, he's designed us to have to put ourselves into his hands. He's designed pausing into the natural rhythm of human beings. There's even been scientific studies that show that humans benefit from times of reflection. Uh, The Harvard Business Review, so super far from anything uh, religious, super far from anything that's going to, you know, it's not, you know, we're not turning to just something that people who are constantly practicing some form of meditation are going to talk about. These are like, this is the Harvard Business Review, smart people who care about money. And they're, they're doing a study looking at, okay, if you looked at a call center, so people who are calling, you know, the people who like call you and they're like, eh, your car warranty is expired. And you're like, I don't have a car. I'm 14. What are you, why are you calling me? Um, they did a study that people working in a call center, they, they did 10 days. They had a, a control group. One group at the end of the day for 10 days would stop and reflect for 15 minutes on things they learned during the day at, a, at their job at a call center. And the other group of people didn't have that reflection time. At the end of just 10 days, the group that stopped and reflected was outperforming the other group by far and away. Just because they were taking 10, 10, 15 minutes at the end of the day to reflect on what they had learned at their job at a call center. And yet how many of us will go 30 days, an entire month, without stopping and reflecting and thinking about the things that are going on in our life because we're so constantly busy going from thing to thing to thing. And then when there's a moment of pause, what do we do? The, the first moment that you're bored, 
you're standing in line for lunch and your friends aren't around you, or all of a sudden you have three more minutes than you thought you were going to have, what happens as soon as you're bored? Right, you pull the phone out. That's what we all do now. So we don't even have those, those brief moments of being bored and reflecting because now we're constantly filling it with something. We've lost those times, those chances to stop and reflect that we were built for, that we were built needing. And the result is a life that sometimes feels frantic and fun and yet other times racks us with anxiety because it, it feels like you don't even know what's going to happen next or it feels like things are constantly coming out of nowhere or you don't have your bearings in life because we're not designed to just always be going and going and going. We're also designed to pause. And so in this series, each time we're going to be looking at one of these psalms that God has designed where, where it has that moment to pause and reflect in the psalm. And we're going to use these as a way to, to show that, that when we stop and reflect on who God is and what it is that he's doing in our life, that he can do amazing things in our life, that he can show us things that, that we might be missing otherwise to remind ourselves of the importance of pausing on a regular basis to reflect on who God is and who he's made us to be. And so today, we're going to practice that. Uh, all of you, including, uh, along with the note sheet, there should also have been another sheet that just has the text of Psalm chapter 3 printed out on it. And so what we're going to do is we're going to give 10 minutes to all of us in this room to spend some time reflecting on this psalm. Now, the, the psalm would probably take you, some of you, 30 seconds, others of you, a minute and 30 seconds, to read through one time, right? It's not the... The slowest reader in the room would be able to get through it much faster than 10 minutes. The purpose of giving 10 minutes is that it, it causes us to have to stop. It causes us to have to take a beat. Dylan, on there, does it have uh, a Selah listed after, let's say, after verse 4? Does it say that? Okay, so let me tell you guys where, see, what I was talking about with the translations, not always having it listed there. Uh, let's talk real quickly, briefly, about where those, those moments of pausing come up in here. And so you can make a mark on the sheet. You can write Selah, S-E-L-A-H, if you want to. You can put pause. You can put rest. After verse 2, there's a moment to stop and think about what's just been said. After verse 4, there's a moment to stop and think and at the end of the psalm, after verse 8, in the Hebrew, it says, Selah, pause, rest. And so we're going to give you some time in this psalm. This is the first psalm in the Bible that occurs with Selah in there. So that's how we got here today. It's written by King David towards the end of his life. At this point, right, this is David who fought against Goliath, who was running from King Saul. At this point, this is much later in his life, he's established his kingdom, and yet, his family life has kind of gotten the better of him. And he, he's mismanaged his family. And now one of his oldest sons, Absalom, is trying to take the kingdom away from him and has gotten some of David's uh, advisors on his side and is coming after his dad. Uh, and even some of the advisors are, are calling for David to be executed because of that. And so David is once again on the run, but this time from his son. And in the process of that moment, he's writing this psalm. And so if you think that your family drama is bad, it's probably not quite 
that bad. And we're just summarizing the stuff that led up to this. It's like, it's a gnarly story. If you jump into 2 Samuel around chapter 15, it is, it is a heck of a story of what's going on in David's family. And so his son is out to get him and he's writing this prayer to God that ends up becoming a song of worship for the people. And so I want you to, to read through three, five times. Pause after verse two. Pause after verse four. Pause after verse eight. And then on the back of the paper, anytime something sticks out to you, just write down what that is. You're not turning it in. It doesn't have to be a complete sentence. I don't care if you spell it right. You can draw a picture if that's the way it makes sense to you. When something sticks out to you, take note of it on the back. And then when we get back together, I want to hear what you're noticing in this psalm. I want to hear what's sticking out to you. And so I'm going to encourage you right now, find a spot around the room. Start off real briefly just asking God to meet you during this time. He wants to meet us in his word. That's something that he is all about. Uh, And then just take some time taking it in. And you know what? If you're here and this is your first time, you're not sure about this Jesus thing, you're not sure about the Bible, just take this as a moment to have a pause in your life, a moment of stillness. Reflect a little bit on what's written there and reflect a little bit about where you're at in your life. And we'll come back together and I promise those 10 minutes will end eventually. Um, I know sometimes it can feel really long, but take the time and let it be a moment of rest. Whatever your schedule has been, whatever's been going on in life, now is 10 minutes where no one's going to come in and interrupt you. No one's going to jump into your thoughts. It's just 10 minutes between you and God and his word. Jesus, we ask that you would meet us during this time that you would speak to us through your word and that this moment would be restful and restoring and rejuvenating. In Jesus' name, amen. You can come back to your seats here. Uh, As you do that, did anything stick out at you during your time in this psalm or did you have any questions that came out of it? Because questions are absolutely one of the things, probably one of the most important things that happen to us when we pause and we reflect is we notice the things that maybe stand out and are difficult to connect or don't quite make sense yet in our life. But what, what stood out to you here? Mauricio? Yeah, that's great. I think too to imagine like David's circumstance of being on the run and someone is out for his life too and he's able to say that like, not God fixed the problem, right? He's calling out asking God to fix it. He's just saying like, man, when I remember who God is, I'm able to sleep, which is just such a human thing. Yeah. Yeah, that we can cry out to him and that he answers us is like, is amazing. And sometimes we have to stop and actually remember how great he is and yet that he still responds. Cool. I don't know, did anybody feel weird about verse seven at all? When it's like, mm, God's with us, God hears us, God's going to protect me, God, would you break their jaw? Uh, and I think, you know, some of it is just raw, right? Like, how many of us have ever had someone where you're like, God, can you just like, like, I know you don't really like smite people all that often, but can you just like smite that person? Um, but it's like, it's David's raw emotion, right? Of like, God, would you defend me and attack the wicked who are out to get me? But also notice Like, David is a king with an army who could be fighting. And instead, he's taking it to God and laying that at God's feet, saying, God, these are the people who are out to get me. Would you take care of that? 
when he could take matters into his own hands, instead he takes it to God. I think the, the thing that stood out to me the most is just that, that aspect of God as our protector, right? It reminds me that Jesus came to, to give his life so that I could be forgiven for the terrible things that I've done and so that I could have relationship with him because what he wanted was relationship with each of us and that he's promised to be there with us, right? David had promises because God chose to make him a king. We have promises because Jesus died on the cross for us and rose to life and said that he would never leave us, that all we have to do is come and accept his forgiveness and come under his leadership and that he would be there with us through thick and through thin, through the good times in life and through the difficult times. And so we have a God that we can stop and we can rely on, who we know wants to meet with us when we take the time to pause and reflect with him. The other fill-ins that are on your note sheet, we'll get to those later in the series. Those are things that will come up again. Uh, and so uh, I'm going to invite the, the band up. Um, but I also want to encourage you, whether it's in this time of, of worship or at the end of the night, we've got this prayer wall that's here. It's usually in the back. It's up here in the front today, probably because hockey is in its spot. Um, if there's something going on, maybe stopping and pausing was really painful for you right now because there's something that's going on in life that you really want to numb. Right? And you really want to keep in the background and not stop and think about. Uh, maybe when you think about stopping, you're like, man, I have not paused for literally an entire month. All of October just flew by and I did not have a moment with God or alone with my thoughts. And maybe you just like, would, would like some prayer for that, that there would be some space that's open up in your life or that God would lead you in, into seeing what that looks like to stop and pause. Whatever is going on in your life, maybe it's absolutely unrelated to what's going on. We would love to be praying for you. You can put your name on there. You can do it anonymously. We just want to be lifting up each other to our God who loves us, who is there with us, and to be, to be doing that in community with each other. And so that's there. I always want to make sure that I, I get to highlight that and let you know that's there. Um, let me pray for us, and we're going to go into one uh, last song of worship. Jesus, we thank you for your presence in our life. We thank you that you are our protector, that you are our shield, that you hear us when we cry, that not only do you answer us from your mountain, that Jesus, you came down to be with us. You came sat in our shoes, died in our place, and rose from the grave so that we could have relationship with you, so that we could have access to the king of the universe whenever we want. Jesus, I pray that we would take advantage of that huge, immense privilege, that we would stop, that we would quiet the noise around us, and that in those moments, that we would find you, that we'd find you in your word, and we'd find you speaking into our life, directing us, guiding us, to what you would have for us. In Jesus' name, amen.